Hey, now it's Rob here from Rob's School of Music, and I am here with, I don't even have a, a legend. That's not even a big enough of a word. The, the guru, the, 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 the man, uh, Paul <laughs> Reed Smith himself, Mr. Paul Smith. I'm supposed to talk after that. That's good. <laughs> well, That's really good. <laughs> well, you I mean, make the first question, my get out of jail free card. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, as a guitar player and, and, and being, you know, as a music school, you know, where we're just let, you know, kids are coming with all different kinds of guitars. Like you don't get to talk to, you know, any of the, you know, you are the guy on the headstock and here you are. And that's just such an incredible thing. Beautiful instruments, amazing instruments, instruments that I've made a living off of, you know, my adult life. So yeah, the man. Well, that's, that's good. They did their job. That's the idea. Hundred percent, and they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. All right, cool. So, um, you know, the first question we try and ask everyone here is, how did you get into all of it? You know, was there a concert or or a record? No, 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 no. I've people play guitar so they get dates. I didn't do that. I like the guitar. I like the sound of it. I like the. I I like I love the tone of it. I like loved how it was changing the environment. My mother brings home a a, a picture of these four people with long hair and turtlenecks and said, these guys are going to be huge. It was called meet the Beatles. You know, my brother takes me out. He says, these guys are going to be huge. And there's a black guy with a fro and two eyes on his shirt and two white guys with fros to each side of them. And I opened the record. I wasn't supposed to. And by the time I got to are you experienced at the end of the second side, I was cooked. It was over. It was done. <laughs> I, I remember playing for my brother the end of Stairway to Heaven, it had just come out that day. He goes, I'm not sure I like it. I said, oh, you don't know. This is going to be huge. Wow. So, um, you know, I was right in the middle of it. I love guitars. I like the sound of it. I liked all of it. It was just awesome. Well, how did that translate into then, you know, building your own instruments? Well, if I played guitar at the music store, everybody ran away. But if I opened a case of something I made, it drew a crowd and I had to, pay attention to that feedback from the world. I'm not sure I liked it very much. Um, although I am playing better these days. If I played as well then as I do now, I might not have been a guitar maker. I love playing guitar. I'd be deaf as a doornail. Um, because, you know, in those days, your Marshall Stack was your PA. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't just a guitar amp. That was a PA. The singer sang through columns. There was no mic on the guitar amp, you know. So I, I remember going to a concert. And Johnny Winter, he looked ten feet tall. He looked ten feet tall. It was at the Baltimore Civic Center. Played, laughed at everybody. He was so on fire. He was laughing at everybody. He knew he was on fire. He was cracking up, singing and playing at levels you can't imagine. And I, and I realized if I died, that it swept the floor. But if he died, oh, there would have been a commotion. I didn't like the way that felt. And uh, I decided that the guitar was probably my way out of that hole. Wow. Well, it works. Nobody ever asked me that question. I never gave you that answer. That's the first time I've answered that question that way. Oh, I like that. I like that. Proprietary information. I appreciate it. First time breaking news. <laughs> Robert Anthony gets the real inside scoop, right? There it That's is. Great. There, there it is. is. Just a couple of dudes with three names on the screen. 
I um, made, but by the way, I made him put the three names up. I want everybody to know that. admit <laughs> it. Admit it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because uh, when I was making your name thing, I was like, do I say Paul Smith or do I put, you know, the, the uh, iconic? Uh, nah. Look, I put the middle name in because Paul Smith was second most common name in America. John Smith was the most common name. That's three day old coffee you're drinking. I can tell. <laughs> It sure is. It tastes like it. Too. It looks like that way. Oh. Um, so, you know, I put the middle, I put the name in, I was going to drop my last name and just be Paul Reed. Like it was going to be Rob Anthony. Right. But Ted Nugent put guitar by Paul Smith on the back of the free fall record. And I couldn't drop the last name. So I was dead in the water. Well, it works. It, it has a, a powerful ring to it. Oh, this guy, Jim Greenhill sits me saying, now, Paul, you're going to do real well in the South. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, Paul Reed Smith rolls right off your tongue. I'm like, Oh my God, Paul, <laughs> if my Paul reads this way and my Paul reads that way, I haven't seen people tell you about something else that your name to your face is weird as shit. But you know, am I allowed to say weird to your kids? Yeah, I guess you I can could. say all words. Yeah. You like. uh, not, not there. Certain words are not a lot, not except. Well, I, I've I've heard quite a few on these, so now certain words are not good. There's a word in in a bar that gets you in a fight. All you have to do is use it. You're in a fight. What's that? One? We'll talk about that offline. Let's go right. on. <laughs> so you know, there was a couple iconic guitar shapes, but then when yours came along, it was just sort of an evolution. How did you come up with? the shape and then, and then the inlays, the birds, you know, well, I took a, I took a Les Paul junior shape and I took a stretch shape and I put them on the same drawing and averaged the lines and it didn't work. It was awful. It was ugly. And then I started working on it. And about two years later I had it, That's we so kept cool. sanding, we kept sanding. This was longer in the beginning. We kept sanding it down, sanding it. I kept waking my wife to be a barber at the time. I is it done? He goes, no, it's done. No. I kept sanding more and more off it. And I finally woke up. She says, I got to sleep. I said, I knew I was done. Wow. True wow. story. You Carrie Ziegler it. and I were doing it. Yeah, well, that's, that's sweet. Look, it's a, it's a shape of a vase. It's symmetrical from here down. And then it's asymmetrical here up. Whereas a jazz bass is a, is a gumby that's completely asymmetrical. Jazz bass body is really ugly. But when you put all the parts on it, it's really handsome. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. What about the birds? I, I that's probably my mother was my mother was a bird watcher, Rob. That was easy. Yeah. We watched birds all the time. We used to sit out the window at night and listen to the whippoorwills and the poor wills and all the night songs of the birds. We knew them all. When I'm teaching a guitar lesson, I'm often you know using the inlays as a reference point for a student. You know, third fret on it's a G and then A and so on. And they're like, but your guitar is fancy. Those aren't dots. What are those? And then it's just like always a talking point whenever I'm teaching someone. Oh, that's sweet. That's good. It works. I, look, I never thought the birds would be a big deal. I thought maybe a third of the people would order them. But they started saying, I got to have the birds. I was like, what? Yeah, we got to have the birds. I was like, no, we, we do the moons. No, no, I got to have the birds. Oh, they're so. beautiful. And then what about, you know, I have um, a mid... I guess 95 uh, custom 24 with the wide fat neck. And I love the way that neck feels, but then yeah. at the beginning, there's the wide fat, the wide thin, mm -hmm. and now there's the pattern and the pattern yeah. and the evolution of the neck. You know, what was the process in 
creating that because that was different than what was you know around back then. And a then- wide, a wide, a wide fat and a pattern are almost the same. But when we did the pattern, we had figured out how to design the next virtually. We didn't have to make one by hand and then copy it with lasers. We were able to do it virtually, and when we did it, we refined it and made it exactly the way we wanted. So there was a little teeny small change between a wide fat and a pattern, and instead of you know just doing it and people go, why did the neck shape change? We renamed it so nobody give us a hard time. I mean, the whole industry tries to tell us how to run the company. That's the way it works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you can't change the neck shape without changing the name. I mean, I, you've heard it all. Haven't you, Rob? You can't teach my kids like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know something in the end, the market gives your school uh, permission to be a school. The market gives us permission to make amplifiers and guitars. You know, there's lots of products that come out where the market just doesn't give it this permission. I, I feel honored by the permission. You know, we sell guitars and the market's accepted us. It's unbelievable, really. It's a miracle. There's 400 people here making guitars. Wow. Mm. More than I ever thought. But again, that that's just a testament to what it is. You know, like I'll have, you know, just I played a, one of the last big gigs I did prior to, uh, you know, COVID taking everything away. I had a, I had the, uh, the charcoal cherry burst uh, McCarty there. And uh, people are like, can I play your guitar? And I'm like, absolutely not. But a couple of people just reached and put their hand around it. I guess they had never, you know, grabbed it yeah. before. And they're like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, I know, right? It's incredible. <laughs> Can you hear the reverb? Yeah. What champ is that? Is that the Sanzera? It's the Sanzera. Yeah. I just. When we were. Huh? No, go on. I interrupted you. When we were in. No, I interrupted you. When we were in China, uh, we needed small amps and we used these things and they sounded like stacks. They were great. I, um, I ordered one of those from have a couple years back and I, I gigged with it for a whole summer and it was everything I needed. And I just ordered a couple of the, uh, the new archons to have here at the school. So I'm psyched for that. All the students are ready to rock. Just the tone, man, the tone is outrageous. Well, that's my country lick. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> I have one country lick. That's all you need, though, right? <laughs> uh, no. These guys that play in Nashville studios are geniuses. They don't repeat themselves. It's a whole other thing. So don't you have questions from your students? I do. I do. I do. All right. So uh, this was a two-part question. So I'm going to kind of jumble it into one question, and then you can break it down however you choose. Um, the first part of it was sort of what is the process in building a guitar from start to finish? And then the second part was – um, the tops, the flame, the quilt, how does that happen? And that was a big question. Like five kids asked that question. Well, the curl comes from stress in the tree. They planted a whole bunch of seeds from curly maple trees and none of the seeds went curly. What they think is going on, they think, is that when baby tree is in the forest and it's getting no light, daddy tree and mommy tree are taking all the light in the canopy. When daddy tree falls over and a big hole shows up in the canopy, the little baby tree gets tons of light and grows really fast. Those go curly. 
you see the curl and the stump of the trees. Any place there's stress. Wow. Um, uh, they, they took a couple of limbs off trees in my front yard, and there's curl around where the stress is, where the where the where the weight of the limb was. It happens. As far as how you make a guitar, a guitar maker is a neck maker. So um, if you can't make a neck, you're, you're bolting parts together, you know. But if you can make a neck, you can put the frets in the right place. You can put the truss right in right. You can shape the neck, make sure that the uh, headstock has the right angle. The tuning pegs are in the right place. You know, it's inlaid well. The side dots are in the right place. All that stuff is neck, that neck making. And then you take the neck and hook it to a body, right? Very interesting. I um, so it's a complicated jack of all trades. It's mechanical engineering, it's electrical engineering, it's design, it's chemical engineering, it's uh, manufacturing engineering, industrial engineering, all these things I was never trained to do. So I had to get teachers for all of it. I didn't have a college degree in electrical engineering. God, that would have been nice. Or mechanical engineering would have been nice, but it would have been 30 years that I wouldn't have been making guitars. So, I mean, we're jack-of-all-trades guitar makers. Is there, like, I don't know how to ask the question. Like, the, the wood, like, it's it's dried out? It's it's aged almost? How does mm -hmm. that part work? Yeah, you, you got to get all the water out, and you got to get the uh, resins crystallized. You ever been up in the attic? And you see the two by sixes that hold the uh, roof up, uh, the little beads of um, little beads of resin coming out of the wood sure. attic. That's the perfect place. You make the neck out of that wood. It'll be good. <laughs> Maryland attic wood is great. It goes 140 in the daytime and 80 degrees at night, up and down and up and down and up and down. Can't do better than that. Wow. Maryland attic is a perfect place to dry wood. That's awesome. I think that's what these violin makers were doing. They weren't torrifying the wood. They weren't cooking it like chicken in a 400-degree oven. You know, they had it in the attic. you got to get the water out, and you got to get the resins crystallized. Uh, that makes it sense. Rings, it rings better. Well, if it's wet as a – look, in the wintertime, the sponge on your sink gets hard in a few hours. But in the summertime, it stays soft all summer long. That's because the humidity in the house is higher in the summer and lower in the winter. When the humidity in the house is lower, the water leaves. But when it's not, when it's high in the house, the, the humidity in the, in, that's in the sponge stays there. Wood's like a sponge. I want it to leave. So you get the relative humidity down by getting the temperature up. That's the way it works. Actually pretty simple. That's a great analogy. Well, I've, you've noticed it, right? Here's another one for you. You're driving down a road and you drive roll the back window down and your car goes bop, 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 Okay. You just turn your car into a huge flute and at four cycles a second, four hertz, it's going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It's basically it's below your hearing, it's beating the crap out of you. You turn your car into a flute. A guitar is vibrating anywhere from eighty times a second to twenty thousand times a second. But your car is vibrating at four times a second when you roll the back window down. Uh, it'll beat the death, beat you to death. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, but when people understand that that's what hertz is, that's what frequency is. It's the frequency at which the note is going back and forth. When you, the thing in the car makes sense. But you know, I I wasn't taught by schools 
I was taught, you know, trial by fire, jump in the, jump in the lake and swim so you don't drown. You know, if I didn't have a happy customer, I was out of business. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, all right, so I'm going to go to my next one, which kind of ties into that that previous one in a different way. So over the incredible journey of you know your your company you've had many proprietary innovations the locking tuners which has evolved over time you know the, the pickups which there's a variety of now and then getting into amplifiers and and you know that yeah. world what's the creative process in in all of that like do you think it up and then draw it up at trial and error um even down to like the finishes on the guitars like they're the most beautiful combinations of colors ever like do you just it comes to your mind or what do you what's the process there well with this finish actually this was kind of my this one was my idea you take it and stain it black and sand the crap out um uh same thing on the neck wow um but most of these colors are come up you know private stock comes up with these colors or the people on the floor come up with the colors i don't come up with them the first time they did a, a risa verde which was a blue sunburst with a black with a brown back. I said, blue and brown don't go together. You can't do that. Became like a national color. I need to shut up. I'm sorry, you're showing you're old, Paul. You've achieved geese. It's not okay. So we've got all these artists here going at it with colors. I let them, I let them free float. I don't try to control them. I let them because that guitar behind you with the red burst and the gray in the middle, that was somebody's idea on the floor. That wasn't my idea. The one that's behind the Marshall cabinet, back behind you. Uh -huh. right. So that's kind of this guitar with a red burst. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't think of that. Somebody else thought of it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, the thing that's weird is when other companies copy it, it used to be two, three years we'd have a color out before it's copied. Now, sometimes they copy it before we get it out. So somebody will take a picture on a tour and I'm, we're dead. Wow. It was when they start taking the names of the colors that really bothered me. Now, oh, you guys, you know, my uh, the the custom twenty four I mentioned earlier from the nineties. It's the uh, scarlet uh, scarlet sunburst is what it was called. Yeah, like, and red yeah. to black. Yeah, and like I first saw one of those guitars at a guitar mm -hmm. store when I first started playing in like ninety seven or something, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the guitar that I'm gonna want to get. And then down years later, um, with help from Wynn, actually, I got I got one of those guitars and. Uh, you search that word on like reverb and all these other people have that finish, but that's a PRS finish. That's your title. Scarlet Sunburst. Yeah. yeah. My first wife, Barbara was involved in the company and we were naming colors, Royal blue and vintage yellow in the sailor. And I said, we're calling this one whale blue. She says, you can't do that. There's no such colors. Whale blue. I said, it's the color <laughs> of the blue of a whale. And she goes, you can't do that. I said, well, I'm doing it anyway. That didn't go well. But, I mean, we've had, I mean, leprechauns, tooth. There's been a lot of colors here. Yeah. Dragon's breath, um, glows. There's all kinds of colors. They've, they've come up with some names. Angry Larry was an interesting one. It was a color Larry turned when he got mad. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, Bonnie Pink. 
there have been a lot of great colors that came from Bonnie Lloyd. Um, I don't know. Look, it's fun, right? I mean, we've got a, we've got petals have got incredibly strange names. So it's been accepted at this point. You know, I like it. I like the whole thing. It's incredible. Look, I wanted to make 80 of one color and people want something that they've never seen before. They want something that's personal, you know? I just wanted to make a good guitar. I never even cared about the color. I only cared about how well it played and how well it sounded. But I had rock stars look at me and go, how's it look when I put it on in a mirror? I said, what? And it meant something to them. They wanted it to look good. Um, 80% of information is brought in with people's eyes. It should make, it made sense to me now. It makes sense to me now. But at the time, it was like, don't you want to plug it in and play it? I already like the way it plays. I'm sure we can get the pickup straight. Wow. <laughs> Well, actually, th- this next question ties into exactly what you just said. So, you know, PRS instruments have been such an integral part of the sound of uh, artists and uh, iconic records, Santana, Mark Tremonti, Dave Navarro, Zach Myers, John Mayer. Um, when you're designing those instruments, the signature instruments with those artists. Oh, no. Yeah. Bad, bad question. No, perfect question. I'm, I'm just preparing for the, the real question that you're going to hit me in the head with. I was I was emotionally preparing for the shot. Go. Oh no, that was it. What is the um, oh, designing the collaborative process between you yeah. and the artist? Yeah. Oh, is that simple? Oh yeah. I mean, we can make it uh, more complicated. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Mark Tremonti worked really hard with Wynn on that pickup for the Tremonti guitar. I mean, it was six dB louder than any pickup I had. Eight dB, ten dB more bass than I'd ever heard. Um. But Mark wanted a lot of bass. He wanted this thunderous tone. Um, you know, working with Carlos, Carlos will tell us what he wants, but he doesn't get intimately involved in it. But David Grissom got intimately involved in the DGT pickup. Um, John Mayer and I have a back and forth about pickups almost daily. Um, it's not so hard to make a single coil that sounds like an old flying V through a Marshall. Not so easy. <laughs> Most of those single coils are so bright and the trouble position, it, it sounds like an ice pick. Yeah. Yeah, but they, it, they can sound huge. And there's a real reason for it. And I've spent a lot of engineering time on that. So, um, the, like this pickup is a humbucker, right? But listen, it sounds like a single coil. Listen to this. sound like a humbucker that sounds like a single coil that took a long time to figure out humbuckers don't sound like humbuckers because they're humbuckers and single coils don't sound like single coils because they're single coils a jazz bass is a humbucker a p bass is a humbucker a strat when you've got it in the middle between the treble and the middle one's out of phase uh is a humbucker right but don't sound like a humbucker sounds like a but a lot of old pafs sound like strat pickups so it's got to have something to do with something else. Oh, God, that took a long time to figure out. But that, you know, this is, you know, if I turn a treble up on this amp and do that again. That doesn't sound like a humbugger to me. Not at all. 
Yeah, well, should. I mean, it's got two coils. It should sound like a hamburger, but it doesn't. And what's that about? I actually think this company has a real handle on the beginnings of that. Real handle on on making humbuckers that sound like beautiful, big, thick single coils. That's got more high end than a P90. The pickups, I mean, that's, I don't want to go off the questions, but just focusing on the pickups, like what you guys are doing, like even like, like the, the single coil, I don't know if this will be audible, but like all that stuff in the stuff in the silver sky, like these are my favorite single coil, like true single coil sound ever. And I was nervous about that as a PRS guy, because I loved the humbucker single coil yeah. sound. So I was like, how's that going to work? And just like, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's just, you know, I can hear it. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. Have you ever played a real 63 Strat, a real one, not a not a, not a copy? No. Uh, let me tell you a story, and your students will, will probably resonate with this. I'm at Chicago Music Exchange, which is a big museum. And I'm talking about, you know, 63 Strats and 59 Les Pauls and all these things that, you know, are inspirations for the guitars and places I learned from. And the guy stands up in the middle. He goes, Paul, Paul, Paul. I said, what? He goes, Paul, we've never played a 63 Strat. We've never played a 59 Les Paul. We've only played the reissues. We don't know what you're talking about. I went, oh, no. I've spent my whole career going around and playing these old guitars at finished shows. And these guitars that he was talking about were hanging on the wall behind me. I said, they're hanging on the wall behind me. And I looked at the owner, David. I said, David, they can play them, right? And he goes, no. I went, oh, no. And basically what they were saying is they thought a 59 Strat was a reissue. They thought a 59 Les Paul was a reissue. And I'm telling you, that's not the way it works. We got the old ones and the new ones out. and Got a stopwatch out. The old ones were ringing twice as long. Wow. So if you, when you say that about the Silver Sky, I'm telling you that that's what a 63 or 64 old fender sounds like. And the T Tim, you know, we got, somebody told me I farted in a spacesuit when we uh, released the silver sky. Now that person has apologized and uses it every day. Um, but uh, the thing that was fascinating about it was that it, we were getting killed. And then Tim Pierce did this video online a 65 Strat compared to, it was $20,000 versus $2,000. That was the name of the video. I couldn't, I said, Tim, how do they sound different? He says, I couldn't hear the difference. I was like, oh my God, we're home. And everybody shut up the next day. The whole industry was trying to kill me. And then the next day, it was silent. There's another video online where the guy's got an old guitar. He's got a 62 Strat or something. And he, he finally picks it up at the end of doing the whole Silver Sky video, a uh, demo. And he, he goes, oh, no, my guitar is way quieter. What? I mean, he was like, you could see him. He was stunned. And he left it in the video. Saved our ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I interviewed Tim Pierce about a year ago. Yeah. And we referenced that video because I was talking about the yeah. Silver Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's just great work and it's 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 exciting as 
as a music school owner, yes, but as a musician, as a guitar player, a guy who, like I said, you know, make my living on these instruments to keep having these innovations of, of, you know, these vintage style instruments. That was one of the other questions uh, from one of the students was, you know, some of the guitar designs of Silver Sky, the 594, they're kind of built around innovating those classic designs. So the fact that you're a being along the way, what you're trying to make better, a better version of, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, well, we, we, we retooled an old design. Yeah. Everything. Everything. We, the thing that welled me up when we did it was when I wrapped my hand around the neck. The next shape had been retooled for the first time in 50 years. We had it dead on. Wow. And I was like, wow. Mike Simba brought it to me, and he, I wrapped my hand around it, and I welled up, and I went, oh, crap. Tell you a story. I was at a vintage guitar show, and this guy walks up, and he's got a sign on it says, 57 Strat, $14,000. That guitar is worth 32 probably Twenty two thousand wholesale, right? And I reached over and I put my hand around the neck, just the way you said you, your your friend did the other day, right? And I went, "Oh no, a real one!" And I could tell backwards by put my hand around it that it was shaped right. So I said to the guy, "I said, don't move. It's sold." So I brought him over in the booth and I said, "It's worth more than that. Where did you get it?" He goes, "Well." My friend passed away. It's his, it's his wife, so I'm trying to help her out. And I said, well, we can get you about $6,000 more for it than you want, than you're asking, and I'll help you. And I helped him, and he was very sweet about it. He looked for me for two hours to thank me, which I was like, who are you? He says, I'm the guy that sold the, the guitar. Um, but I really... These, there's something about the history of our business that you can literally tell by just reaching over and grabbing it. It feels different. You know that. 100%. Yeah. So there you go. So your logo as a piano, do you put a strap on and wear a piano? Uh, one of the other guys here does that. Yes. Ah, Actually, his, uh, his promo see. picture is uh, him playing a keytar from 1987. Is it orange? It is not, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, look, if we don't have fun and be playful, people are going to turn this stuff off. You got I, that part, right? I, I am made of fun, so this is awesome. All right, good. All right, so the, this question was... Um, okay, I'll go do this one first. You're trapped on a desert island. What guitar, amp, and pedal would you take? You have power, you have endless batteries, so... My private stock acoustic. Nice. I've had a lot of people ask me similar questions, and I have a wild answer, but you didn't let me in. They said, if you were in a box and you had to live the rest of your life in a box, where would it be? What would the box look like? I said it would be seven miles high, 40 miles wide, four miles deep on a beach in Tahiti and every hut would have a woman in it. <laughs> now, they said, Paul, that's an interesting paradigm. <laughs> yeah, you asked me about a pedal, guitar, and amp, and I want to take an acoustic. Okay. Fair answer. Fair answer. 
Um, you know, I, I've played, I have a couple of the SE acoustics and they're fantastic. I've yet to play a, one of the private stock ones, but that is on my bucket list. All right. This is another, uh, just personal preference question. Um, what are your thoughts on amp modeling technology versus tube amps? And there's no wrong answer. Yeah, there is. I, b I believe in it. We were involved in the first amp modeling that Waves did, deeply involved, Peter Denenberg and I. And I was involved in the last one they did. Uh, the PRS amps are available as Waves plugins. And we were at a session once, and when they were using a Waves plugin because the session went to midnight, we couldn't play that loud. The next day, they wanted to replace it. And I listened. I said, I, I can't beat that. I can't beat it tone-wise. I can't. Um, I believe in amp modeling, um, but it's all in the execution. Um, it's not just because it's an amp modeler doesn't mean anything. The original amp modelers were these pods, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, actually, even earlier than that, the, there was an analog amp modeler that uh, the guy in Boston made. It was called a... Um, it was a little blue box about this big. And it, you know, worked like a charm. Had chorus and echo and reverb, and um, was a little analog one. So, I, I believe in amp modeling. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's beautiful. I worked really hard to get the industry started um, on the wave stuff, and I think people was in disbelief about how good it sounded. It's like that can't sound that good, but we worked really hard. I learned a lot about amplifiers doing that. I learned, I mean, we were sweeping cabinets. We, we weren't, we weren't doing it the way they do it now with a, uh, uh, with a, this sound that goes, yeah, we're, we're, you know, yeah. Um, we were doing it with sweeps and, and looking at the harmonic content and, you know, getting the frequency response right and getting all the harmonic content right and getting all the bass notes exactly right. We were doing it differently. Um, but it, my experience is it's a good idea. Now, to that end, I've bought a lot of amp modelers for reverbs for my studio, and still the old lexicons and EMT boxes that weren't modeling, they were more of a gorgeous imitation to get it to sound right in the studio. I like those better. All right. Yeah, there, that, there was, yeah. No, go. No, there's a reverb and a the top of the hill in Pical, Pical, I can't remember how you pronounce it in France. And it was a, a church up there. If you stomped on the floor, it's the most beautiful reverb you'd ever want to hear in your life. I always wanted to model that just to see what it was like. That, that question always creates a great divide because some people are so diehard one way or diehard the other, but I, I like, you know, it works. It works. Yeah, Who cares? Exactly. On I the mean, this, this works, you know. That reverb is a spring modeler of a room. It just happens to be analog. I don't care. Seems fine to me. Um, I don't know. You know something? People should pay attention to how good it sounds. I remember there was this really famous guy in DC. He goes, you meant it to sound like that? In other words, 
<laughs> Maybe you should listen a little more before you used it. I don't know. There's there's an amplifier in our industry called a deluxe reverb, a blackface deluxe reverb. It's industry standard. It's like having chicken at the grocery store. You know, they just work. This this clean channel sounds a little cleaner than a deluxe, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I like our amps. I, I I like all this stuff, but I'm listening. Ted Jensen, the great mastering engineer, he says, we use digital when digital works and we use analog when analog works. And we take the best of both worlds. Oh, my God, is he good at mastering? Oh, oh, there's a reason he started at Hotel California and went from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the the amps, I mean, the, the two-channel H back there, I go to that. That's one of my favorite clean-sounding amps. And then I'll push it with pedals. Great yeah. stuff. Great stuff. All right. All right. So this question, um, I'm going to lead into it with this. So, you know, as, as someone who's been following you for years and watching videos and interacted a uh, you know, handful of times casually, your passion about what you do is absolutely infectious and inspiring. Yes, 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 yes. You, you talk about your instruments in a way that makes you listen to every word and appreciate everything that's happening. Aside from the guitar and amplifier part of your life what is a day in the life of paul smith do you have daily routines health wellness practices um is it the same every day different it's different every day but it's the same every day so i have four herniated discs in my back from lifting guitar amplifiers my whole life carrying marshalls on the train to being in the, the hard rock cafe we were the uh house band there Oh, but, you know, I wanted the tone, so I brought my amp. I carry it on the train, you know. And my back did a little wear and tear. So I have to go to physical therapy regularly. I get up at 545. I make coffee for my wife and myself. I'm at work by 7. And we go after the first hour, what were the signing of the private stocks and checking them and setting the day up. And every single day, we have a meeting called one a day. We're trying to solve one problem a day. So one thing has to go away today. Today we found a new nut material. You know, we've been working on it for two years. Today, one of the problems went away. Um, We actually found out how certain kinds of magnets were made today that we've been looking for for a year. Uh, We get maybe two or three issues that happen in one a day. But if you bought a company that was messed up and it had... 250 problems you better fix one a day or in a year you're still gonna have 250 problems and so since we're not going to buy a company i realized we had they we, you know let's do it ourselves so we go after it every single day so that's different every day if carlos needs something or john maris needs something or david grissom needs something um or whoever jimmy herring oh, god what a good guitar player that man is yeah. holy crap um we're able to, I was able to have a conversation with Eric Johnson the other day, who I adore. He absolutely knows what he's doing. He's after it all the time. After it, after it, after it, after it. And he's not playing PRSs, which is fine. He's not, but we're, we're becoming friends. And I, I really enjoy his expertise. You ever stood on the side of the stage or anywhere near him playing? I've been pretty close at the, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, 
It's incredible. Yeah. So Her- Herring, too. Carlos, too. Mayor, too. I mean, you start listing them. They're all really good. Oh, I should have turned my phone off. That was stupid. I like Hang that on a yeah, well, it's a steel drum. All right. I answered your question. You did. You did. Yeah, you know, with the, the John Mayer is that new tune coming out tomorrow and a silver sky is all over the promotional stuff for it. It looks yeah. as though it may be a different color. I don't know if we can ask that question, but it looks like it. No, it, I can't ask that question. Yeah, but that looks no. cool. You can't okay. be my marketing department, Rob. It's not going to work. <laughs> I just popped in my mic. He just said, John. Ah, uh, everybody, the whole internet's lit up about it. Next yeah. question. All right, sir. So this is honestly, this is, this is my, uh, my finale section of all of this. Cause you, you really just answered every question incredibly. And thank you so much for just the time and the value you've provided in the insight. This part is where it gets super loose and fun. So I'm going to ask you a series of this or that questions, uh, all gear and music related. You don't have to justify your answer, but it's more fun if you do. Um, are you ready? Sure. All right. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for the for the bomb to drop the whole time. Go on. No, we we keep it easy. Nothing crazy. This is uh this is fun. All right. Humbucker or single coil? If you had to choose. Both. Okay, because you can do both. Yes. Okay. Hum. I'll tell you what. Humbucker. Let me explain why. You've ever been in a club where the hum was louder than the amp? Yes. Yeah, it's a problem. Okay. The the uh, crazy horse in D.C. The hum was louder than the amp. Louder than the guitar. Yeah, that that won't work. No, this is not good. Okay, fair answer. I'm okay with it. Uh, would you prefer a, a, a tremolo or a, you know stop tail piece, hard tail? Me personally, or the world? For you, these are Paul Smith questions. Your opinion is the only one that matters on your perfect, you know, guitar, which is an impossible question to ask. But yeah, I I like both. I got the rights to re-record Machine Gun from the Hendrix people. There's a video online about it, us doing it. And that tremolo was part of what I used. Without that, it would have not been quite the same. But I learned how to bend notes with my hand. So, you know, instead of going, I can go. So I'm bending the notes, I, but I didn't have an arm. So I learned how to do it without an arm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just kind of the way I learned. Uh, the first notes were badly out of tune, but I, I had it by about, I don't know, 25% of the way into that. I was playing um, Amazing Grace, bending all the notes, like a low D whistle. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was fantastic. All right. All right. That's, that's, I'll take that answer. All but, right, now, but Jeff Beck's Jeff Beck's doing it with the arm. But that sounded like Jeff Beck, and that was all. In your well, head. I was bending. I was playing a half step flat and bending the notes up. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, try, try playing 
one fret too low and, and getting it in tune. Oh my God. So there's a guitar lesson. So anyone who's going to watch this in the future, when that was the lesson that you were taught that week, that's where it came from. <laughs> All right. On your guitar now, if you had to choose this or that, 22 frets or 24 frets? 22. I like the bass pickup closer to the neck. Next. Okay. For your guitar pick, is it a thin, medium, or thick? I grew up on Fender Heavies. Everything has always been, a for me, a, a kind of a Fender Heavy. I reach in my pocket. It's a, a PRS pick with a Carlos Santana kind of logo on it. See here. Yep. Um, works. I don't know. It's industry standard. You hand somebody a Fender Heavy or a PRS Heavy that's made out of, you know, that kind of hard plastic and nobody complains. Don't you have one of these? <laughs> Perfectly fair. All right. Now for your strings, do you like nines, tens, or elevens? Used to play nines, then nine and a half, then tens. I'm never going to go back. Yeah. I like the tens as well. Mm. All right. Now, what what about your uh, your fretboard material? Do you prefer uh, rosewood, ebony, or maple? Rosewood, because that's what I grew up on. But maple's fine and ebony's fine. Although more rock stars play rosewood, old Les Pauls, than they do ebony fretboard, old Les Pauls. Is there tonal differences between if it's the Brazilian rosewood or the East Indian rosewood or, you know? Yeah, it all has to do with weight and resonance. And yeah, there are tonal differences, but they're very minute. If you play the note open with a bone nut and a bridge and there's no fretboard in the equation, you know, but yeah, there are tonal differences. But you asked a question. I like rosewood fretboards. I always have. But you're asking, you know, kind of the way I grew up. If I had grown up on a tally with a maple fretboard, it might be different. Yeah, no, that's okay. That these questions are designed to, uh, you know, from your your perspective. So there, there, there are no wrong answers. There's one wrong answer later on. We'll see if that one gets there. Do you prefer uh, amp gain or pedals? <laughs> I'm known for plugging straight in, and people going, "Where are the pedals?" I'm known for it. Here, let's just hang on a minute. I'll just do it right now. We only got a few minutes left, so just hang in there with me. No worries. I only have like eight more of the rap. <laughs> no paddle. It works. It works. No pedal. Yeah, in in real life, I prefer the uh, I'm an guy. Also, so in line with those, uh, you know, your amplifier. Do you like six L six, six V six, EL thirty four, or EL eighty four tubes? They all work. All right. Our amps are tube agnostic. Okay. 
All right. Do you prefer a 100-watt amp or a 25-watt amp? Because there's that whole craze with the low-wattage stuff. I don't think a 100-watt amp would have worked for this interview. Mm -hmm. Although in my studio, running a 100-watt amp and putting the cabinet downstairs with a mic on it sounds stupid good. My favorite amp that I use for solos is a 50-watt amp. And this favorite, favorite amp I use for rhythm is a 100-watt amp. And I use, I'm using 100-watt amps a lot. But then again, I've got a cabinet downstairs in a room that I can close the door in. And right. I'm using an SM7 with the, with the, with the uh, presence switch on, which turns the EQ in that mic off. Um, and, you know, if you watch the Queen movie, you see what mic's on that amp? SM7. Ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Works. All right. So I'm um, just a couple effect pedal questions. You just said you're uh, you're gonna have to go quick. We're running out of time here. Delay or reverb? Delay or reverb? You gotta pick one. Reverb is a form of delay. It's not a fair question. Reverb. Next. Okay, phaser or chorus? Both. Don't ask, don't go any farther. Both. Right. I have, I'm sorry, I have univibes. Those are phasers, and I have chorus pedals. Playing through a Leslie is a flanger. But this is a long conversation. We could have a whole nother interview about that shit. <laughs> Next. All right, this is the last part. Just a couple of band-related questions. Beatles or Stones? Uh, I never bought Stones records. I bought Beatles records, but the Stones are extraordinary. I, you know... <laughs> Sorry, it's easy to play a Stones tune. They're cool. Okay. Beatles tunes are harder to play. They are. Um, oh, God, yes. To play them really well. Oh, Have no, you listened? Are. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Beatles tunes, they they had a, they, you can hear that they did the tune 10 times and, and, and when they wasn't to the 10th one, it sounded like a tune and they're harder to play. Agreed. They're harder to teach too because there's like a swagger to it that's hard to feel. <laughs> All right, two more for you, Paul. And then, uh, thank you for your time. By uh, the way, I did, for your students, I did not rush that tune. I, I didn't felt, play it too fast, and I didn't play it too slow. It felt perfect to me. That's why people push all the time. I'm sorry. Get out of metronome. I've been <laughs> taught by the best, the Granger brothers. Oh, my God. They're on my ass. <laughs> Next. Right, two, two more uh within the beatles world john or paul not fair i know i'm sorry they were partners that's not fair i know I saw they it. used to write a song every day and one day they didn't have a song and they look at the tv and say good day sunshine they had a tune i it, that's not fair john was a genius paul is absolutely a genius George Harrison had a moment where he realized he was in a band full of geniuses <laughs> and uh, sorry, not going to answer it already. John, but, but John has my heart. Okay. That's no a different. No, uh, there is a wrong answer. John has my heart. Okay. I wish I had met him. Right. Uh. I have the words to real love that he hand wrote up in my studio that I got from Yoko Ono. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Got it for Father's Day. That's incredible. Yeah. Next. All right. Uh, Zeppelin or Pink Floyd? I've listened to Zeppelin way more than Pink Floyd, but that's not fair either. Jimmy Page changed our industry and Pink Floyd changed our industry and Robert Plant changed our industry and Bonham changed our industry and John Paul Jones changed our industry. And I'm sorry, that's not fair. Okay. I'll give you the last one. I think the last one is fair because it's just purely preference. It has nothing to do with uh, Gilmore. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Not fair. Next. Okay, well then, so David Gilmore is one of my favorite guitar players. That I will. Then why not, would you ask me that? Because I'm a jerk, and that's what I got to do. No, it's not <laughs> a jerk. Next. All right, Dark Side of the Wall. Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, so that one was easy. We end on an easy one. But that's because Dark Side of the Moon has more of my heart than the wall. But metal, you know, M-E-D-D-L-E, changed, yep. changed the way prog rock happened for the rest of the eternity you know um delicate sound of thunder is extraordinary i mean when you want to start listing tunes how about the guitar solo and money in four when the rest of the tunes and you know odd time seven yeah it's ridiculous yeah it's, uh, it's great so yeah let's change it to four during a guitar solo oh that sounds like fun let's do yeah. that right it's funny when i asked that but question the, whole, the horn player played it in an odd tempo The horn solo is in an odd tempo. It's not till the guitar solo comes up that it goes into four. I love picking apart stuff. I asked that question. A lot of people are like, actually, it's animals. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's a cool answer, too. Yeah. yeah animals no right is cool, answer. but there's plenty of right answers. Well, those are how about the questions. reverb? How about the reverb on Dark Side of the Moon? That was one EMT 140 plate that they used about a thousand ways. If oh. you read, if you read what uh, the engineer said, he says, these people were very, very studio savvy. He says, they rode the engineer pretty hard. Well, they created a masterpiece in doing so. Really? I can't imagine. <laughs> I met him once. He was a yeah. sweetheart. I met Gilmore once. He goes, nice tone, huh? <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, this has been awesome. Like, thank you so much for your time and, and just having fun with me and all of this. This has been no great. Problem. Um, I look forward to hopefully this January, there being a NAM show and getting to see all the cool new stuff and everything going there and just everything, you know, you guys are doing is fantastic. So just thank you for, thank you for making guitars because your guitars changed my life. And thank you. That's sweet. Can I quote Alexander Dumble at the very end of this? You may. He said, did you really listen to it? It's important. Listening is really important. Listening to your teacher, listening to the guitar, listening to the amp, listening to the reverb, listening to the tone controls, listening to the ample cabinet, listening to the microphone placement. Listen, listen, listen. These people that are famous for your students are monsters at listening. They do shootouts constantly. They know exactly what's going on, and they're learning at an alarming rate, as you know. All right. Thank you for having me. That's been a, that was fun. Bob, I like that. Awesome. Well, thank you. That makes my day. So your name's almost like a mafia name. I don't even know what the mafia is. What are you talking about? That's not a thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> my 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 mother was Ernestine Sadati. Her sisters were Ida, Olga, and Anna. So you know, I, the the Italian thing. We used to sit down at at noon for for dinner, and we wouldn't get up till eight o'clock at night. They just wouldn't. Crib. They brought food all day long. Yep. I'm very familiar. We used to do our band practices on Sunday. They would start at 11 a.m. Yeah. We would break for food, and then all of a sudden, everyone's going home at 11 p.m. Fat as could be. We barely played any music, and my family just yeah. fed us all day long. So, yeah. Thank you. See you. Awesome, Paul. Thanks so much. Right, be well. All right. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Bye-bye.